This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We here at the Fumbling Four Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at one 800 273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron. And joining me is my fellow hosts, Ariel. Hello. And Daniel. Hi there. And we're going to talk episode four, Infinite Darkness. Yes. Yes. No. No? What are we talking about then? Nothing. <laughs> this is going to be 45 minutes of us talking about absolutely nothing. Well, 45 act. minutes of silence, you mean? Dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So let's jump into this thing, Ariel. What do you got for us? Um, I got Daniel with the summary. Oh, snap. Kicking it over to Daniel. It's been a while. Sorry. Summary. <laughs> well, synopsis. You know what? Y'all screw me up. Words are words. Words are hard. It's basically the synopsis of episode four is Secretary Wilson threatens Claire's life, demanding that she drop her investigation. Leon and Shinmei rush to the vast subterranean bioweapons lab. That's it. That's it. Done. That's, uh, that's simple. (laughs) One sentence. So what, uh, what does Ariel got for us? Let's talk plot. Yes, please. So, President Graham sits in the Oval Office, rereading the speech for the Panam Stand Peace Accords. Satisfied in its inflammatory comments, he departs for Andrews Air Force Base, where the press conference is taking place. While the stage is being prepared, Patrick gets a call from Leon warning about their recent discovery. Claire, meanwhile, wakes up strapped to a chair. Interrogated by Wilson, she learns that they are in a secret research facility located beneath Andrews Air Force Base, where they were conducting research into creating super soldiers. Wilson tries to bribe her silence with a charitable donation to Tara Save's mission in Padamstan, 
but when this does not work, offers the dead soldier's PTSD as a reason why the authorities wouldn't bother investigating him and that he could simply have her killed otherwise. Believing himself to have won regardless, Wilson reveals his true plan. By declaring China a rogue state, it would be in Panamstan's best interest for continued American presence. To protect it from China, the Panamstan military would be provided with bioweapons in the form of hundreds of super soldiers, each effectively enslaved by their dependence on regular doses of an antiretroviral drug only he can provide and which Panamstan will have to make constant orders for, making him vastly wealthy in the process. Claire calls him out on the insanity of his plan, and he begins assaulting her. Jason arrives at the facility on an upper level and is immediately recognized by Claire as the last of the Mad Dogs. Leon and Shen Mei have returned to Washington, intent on apprehending Jason. When they enter the facility, they find that Jason has failed to take his medication and is mutating out of control. Wilson himself is seriously injured and infected after being crushed against a capsule. The facility's supercomputer determines a biohazard has taken place and begins dumping the unconscious soldiers into a vat of highly corrosive acids where they are killed one by one. Shen Mei pleads to his senses, but Jason can no longer control his violent impulses and kills her rather than use the chip planning instead to emerge on the surface and massacre the attendants on live TV. Because fear. <laughs> Claire, meanwhile, is put at risk by the acid, which has reached her floor and has to climb up for her safety. When he spots her, Leon chooses to save Claire rather than continue pursuing Jason, because Leon has a heart. On the surface, the peace accords are well underway and Graham is to give his speech. As he approaches the podium, he is stopped by Patrick, who informs him of Wilson's involvement. Realizing a proxy conflict with China was all Wilson's idea, Graham puts aside the prepared speech and instead talks of his adoration of the Panamstani people for laying down their arms in search of a better future, with the U.S. only helping them with aid for now on. Back in the underground facility, Leon arms himself with a bazooka ready to blow up Jason if necessary. Using the facility to her advantage, Claire meanwhile takes control of the facility's cranes and attempts to drop Jason into the acid pool. Both their attempts fail, however, and Jason counters with Leon almost being knocked into the acid and Claire almost crushed by debris thrown into the control room. Leon catches up and destroys Jason's right arm with a high-powerful rifle. But rather than kill him, Jason spares him in favor of his plans. To save the president, Leon pulls a lever that sends their section falling into the acid, escaping by grabbing hold of a hook. As the acid begins to recede, Leon finds Jason still alive, though dissolving, while embedded onto a piece of metal. He warns him of the spread of true fear before falling into the pool. Back on the surface, Leon sees Graham off on an Air Force One. Elsewhere, Wilson, still alive, reaches a hideout with one of his allies in the Secret Service. 
infected with the virus, he is now reliant on the inhibitor he created to prevent runaway mutation. A close-up shot of the case reveals that the virus and the inhibitor were in fact created by Tricell, with their logo splayed across the case. In the evening, Leon meets Claire outside the White House, where they have arranged to hand over June C's chip to the press. Because of the political ramifications, however, Leon refuses to do so in favor of purging corruption within the government rather than being a leaker. Claire is disappointed in his decision to support yet another cover-up and walks away, while also telling him that he still doesn't look good in the suit. And that is the end of Infinite Darkness. Hmm, I have thoughts. <laughs> but before we get to those thoughts, don't we have some characters and some BOWs to discuss? Not really much in the BOW range. We have a whole tyrant, my guy. <laughs> Quote tyrant. Well, before Daniel gets into the BOW, all of my characters... I don't have anybody new. So. Yep, nobody new. Yep. Boo. No new revelations no new about characters. their character development either. Boo. So basically, there's not much on Jason other than that he did take a, or get hit with a version of the T-virus. Mm. And without using his inhibitor, he transformed into something similar to a tyrant, which did have a weak spot in the center of his chest with an exposed heart. He did lose an arm, so we know he's not vulnerable. Mm-hmm. He have a high-powered weapon. Yep. But we also know he's not vulnerable to acid either. So if you ever had to fight Jason, just drop him <laughs> some acid. We do know that one of his most powerful weapons is fear. <laughs> oh, boy. But he does have a, a overextended ability to jump far and take shots. He's been shot multiple times. Mm. So he has a limited vulnerability and good athletic abilities in his form. But other than that, there's not much said about him in his tyrant form, whether he can spread the virus by touching people or not. Mm. There's not much about him, and he is currently dead. And there's only one of him. Limited deceased. (laughs) Well, all that being said, let's go to our mid-break, and when we come back, we will discuss our thoughts observations and some easter eggs well here we are in the middle of the show ariel it's awful middling here this is the time we thank our patrons oh wow all right don't be so happy about it (laughs) (laughs) uh we do have a lot of patrons to thank we have 14 patrons guys that's 14. one more than 13. Yeah. <laughs> so, first off, we have to thank our VIP patrons. First off, let us thank Angelus Mortis 115, Cerberus 91, Chaotic Kia, Chris Slate, Christopher Gurley. Ah. I got a message from Christopher. He said that I was saying it wrong. <laughs> he says a lot of things wrong. I do. Uh, Donnie Shanks. Naked Mango, Pocket Comet, and William Jackson. We have a lot of VIP patrons, guys. And uh, 
I do believe we have a patron chat episode coming up soon, don't we? Yeah, it's coming up. I'll have Daniel message you all about the date and time. Woo-woo! I'm excited. The last one was real fun. <laughs> uh, continuing on to our all-access patrons, Edward Parks, Jeremy Kelly, and Remington Cloutier. And for our official patrons, Ariel, your favorite name. Ariel? Oh, well, okay. Uh, or my Afro ate my dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ryan Black, a new patron for us. So uh, from us to you, thank you very much for your patronage uh, and your continued support and love for the show. We thank you. All the money that you send to us to Patreon helps us to create the show and support the show financially and build on it and get whole new things. So once again, from us to you, thank you. And thank you to our listeners, right, Ariel? Yeah. So thank you to our listeners as well, because without you, we wouldn't have a show. And that leads us on to the middle of the show stuff. Like, uh, Ariel, have you read any new? Would you stop stealing my lines? <laughs> Jesus. This is getting a bit ridiculous. You're a bit ridiculous. Anyways. <laughs> so I have an article from Comic Book, and it's Resident Evil Reverse gets first major update. Adds more Resident Evil Village content. Ooh. So Capcom's new Resident Evil multiplayer project, Reverse, has already gotten its first major update. An update which consists of two main components, a new character to play as and another map to play on. This same update also includes a couple of DLC options for people who want to customize their looks, but they're paid DLCs. This update added content from the Resident Evil games freshest on the player's minds village. Ooh. So parts of that game were already present in Reverse, and now people can play as the game-appropriate characters on the newest village map. This desolate village serves as the setting for Resident Evil Village. You know? Yeah. The field is centered around the Maiden of War statue located in the village square and features multiple wide open areas as well as those with plenty of cover. In addition to the new map, the same update added a Chris Redfield teammate in the form of the character Tundra, a member of the elite Hound Wolf squad led by Chris Redfield. Tundra is joining the fight as a playable character. This poison and virus specialist is a highly technical character who bewilders her opponents before unleashing a devastating attack. If you are keen on the DLC that's been added, Capcom said the Chris skin gun show from Resident Evil 5 and the Jill skin battlesuit skin from the same game are now available alongside a premium pass option that includes a chance of additional rewards. So there is that update for reverse i will have the link to the article in the show notes below woo woo i don't know how i feel about reverse right now mm. <laughs> still uh verdict still out on that one but anyway daniel what have you brought for us this lovely little mid break we have empty merchandise empty empty yes let me clarify yes please <laughs> so on etsy 
the vendor known as Sticky Sweet Shop. <laughs> I had to reread it multiple times. They make the ammo boxes from the games. At least some of the games. So they have the Jackal 9mm rounds, or 50, yeah, 9mm. They also have the Red Hawk, let me get a bigger picture, the Red Hawk pistol box, the heavy field shotgun box, and then the one that says ballistics ammunition for the 45. Each box runs $15 a piece, and it does not talk about shipping. So it does ship from the United States. So if you're out of country, then it may not ship to you. But it is on Etsy by Sticky Sweet Shop. And they are empty ammo boxes. But they do resemble the ammo boxes from the game if you want to have something similar. And if you have ammo, then you can just store it in there. <laughs> It'd be a cool ammo storage box, to be honest. <laughs> well, if it actually is the correct ammo. In there. Yeah. These are shotgun rounds. <laughs> that is on Sticky Sweet Shop. All you have to do is look for Resident Evil ammo boxes. Or that vendor. That's what I have. Ooh. Well, I also have merch today, Daniel. No, get out. You brought those shotgun and handgun ammunition boxes. Well, I brought something that people could use those against. Zombies? Zombies. Particularly... The cutest zombie that you'll ever see. A cute little zombie dog plushie. It's adorable. And it comes to us from none other than Merchoid. So this is a Cerberus plushie. It is available for pre-order right now. And it's adorable. It's a cute little doggy. And one side of it is zombified and the other side is completely fine until you remove the Velcro ribcage cover and it reveals the gruesome, grotesque ribcage of the creature. Uh, you can get it online for pre-order right now for $46.99 and that actually includes all taxes and shipping. So uh, rush over to Merchoid if you want one of these little Cerberus plushies. And uh, it says that all pre-orders are due to ship out the 8th of December of this year. So, link will be in the show notes for that one. But with all that being said, I think that's the end of our mid-break. Yeah, except for one small little detail. What's that? Our sponsor. <gasps> oh, who's that? So, if you want, need, or both, a set of dice, or a dice tray, or a dice bag, or anything dice-related, head on over to FanRoll. Using our link in the show notes below, that was currently Metallic Dice Games. And use our promo code AlmightyC10 to save yourself 10% off of your purchase. So, yeah, they got metal dice, rubber dice, wooden dice, resin dice, gemstone dice, which I really want a set of <laughs> really bad. They have this really cool black obsidian dice set that I really want so yeah head on over to Fanroll formerly Metallic Dice Games get yourself a cool ass set of dice and save yourself 10% off 
Uh, the link for that and the promo code will be in the show notes below. Do it. Do it now. Stop intimidating them. <laughs> like anybody listens to me anyways. <laughs> if you do get dice, post them in the Discord so we can see what you get. Yes! I love when people post except, merch picks. Except if you get the Black Obsidian, don't. Scenario will be jealous. Yeah. I'll be super <laughs> jealous because I love... I want the obsidian dice so bad. But I'm broke. That's all I got. Well, with that being said, I think it's time for us to go to the end of the episode. And here we are at the end of the episode. <gasps> you stole my line! Yeah, you stole a mine, jackass. <laughs> Well, fine. All right. Well, now we're in the end episode. What are we going to do? Go home. Yeah. Go home, Daniel. You're drunk. Not yet. Wish. <laughs> uh, so uh, I guess we're going to discuss the episode, huh? We could. Or we could play patty cake for the next 20 minutes. Okay. You're obnoxious. <laughs> I'm sure you all missed this because <laughs> I didn't. So I'm just kidding. I really am. I did miss this. Um, I liked it. So there was uh, something that I didn't understand. So in the part where Claire was like, you know, shimmying her chair back to get you know away from the acid. Mm-hmm. How did she manage to do that without tipping the chair over? I get this is an animated show and it's, you know, plot armor. That's what I was saying. Like, <laughs> seriously, I was sitting there thinking my dumbass would have knocked that chair over trying to shimmy it like that. <laughs> and then I would have been burned alive, like, or whatever it is. Fuck this chair. Disintegrated? That'd be, that would be more accurate, um, honestly. Yeah, I was... Really? Yeah, there's a lot of things in Resident Evil I've noticed that you're like, huh? Just in general, everyone's just and, like, huh? Well, and I feel like as well, um, those chair legs would have started dissolving as well. Like, they were still in the ass. I get it's a show. And plot armor. The chair also had plot armor a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just... Limited amount. Limited amount of time. Plot armor. I'm glad she got out alive. Yeah. But. It's just now canon that plot armor in Resident Evil extends to the things that the people use as well. Sometimes. For a limited amount of time. Some things. (laughs) (laughs) No, you do bring up a pretty good point with that chair, though. I do want to make that. I was confused by that as well. Like it burned through a B.O.W. Steel computers, glass, it it burned through everything else except that chair, which was made of anti-acid steel. Anti-acid steel. Antacid steel. It's antacid steel. It's pepsid. It's a pepsid chair. Oh, gosh. All right. So my question is, when did they actually state that the research facility was below the Air Force Base? Because I never heard that. I don't think they ever did. Mm-mm. It was. I don't think they ever did. Because I assumed it was way else somewhere else. Because when they were in China, dealing with things, mm-hmm. and then they 
came back sometime, I guess. <laughs> they just appeared back I in don't, America. I don't. You blinked. That's I, what happened. I missed a scene somewhere. <laughs> that was my question. I was like, I don't remember it being underneath the Air Force Base. I'm glad you brought that up, though, because I did want to talk about how you felt about the ending. Did it feel kind of rushed to you? Well, you had to get rid of a tyrant wannabe that could talk, so he was a terrible villain. <laughs> Tyrants don't talk. Oh, I'll get into that, because it's actually an Easter egg why he talks, but I'll get into that. Yeah, which, that was another thing that really grinded my gears until I heard the Easter egg, and then I was like, oh, that makes sense now, but yeah, that really did, because I'm gonna talk. <laughs> good And talk about fear. I'm gonna crush Shin Mei. And killer, rar, rar, fear. <laughs> it's just every third word for him. Uh, fear. I did feel like it was kind of rushed at the end, though. The Air Force Base just kind of poofing into existence, like there, like all of that, just felt very. Hey, we're at. We got like twenty minutes left of this episode. It's not even. It's like an entire episode. We got like ten minutes left of this episode. We gotta hurry this up, guys. Did you see they kind of tried to do it like the end of Degeneration? Yeah. The facility in Degeneration was destroying itself because of a biological hazard. Mm-hmm. And they turned around and did it again at the end of Infinite Darkness with another facility. Yeah. Where do you get all this money to have it where a facility can destroy itself automated? The government. The government. That's why it was underneath an Air Force base. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, Area 52. Area 52. Oh, goodness. No, that's a that's a good question. Uh, another question I had is, how did you feel, not about the tyrant, but his design in this one? Didn't care for it. Yeah, I mean, the typical tyrant has the eyeball, you know? And yeah, they still left, like, the heart exposed type of thing. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, because even Wesker, when he was, he had whatever was going on with him and the Ouroboros, he still had the eyeball on yeah. his shoulder. So you feel like they kind of strayed away from the typical tyrant design on this one? Well, they probably, I know they wanted to make something different, so it doesn't yeah. follow the case and everything, but. Yeah. I don't understand it. People that make Resident Evil shows, come on. Stop trying to differ. And just do it. Do yeah. the norm. Stop trying to be different. Because the real thing is super fucking cool anyways. So. The story's good. You can pepper it with whatever you need to in there. Papa. Well, like, I mean, uh, like the stuff that already exists. Yeah. Pepper bay it. <laughs> pepper your damn eggs, Birch. Stop Michael baying it and pepper bay it. <laughs> Nope, I like the pepper and birch's eggs. Yeah. Oh, For all of you that don't know, that is a reference to our cyberpunk mm. live play podcast <laughs> where Birch does not pepper his damn eggs. Oh, goodness. Well, uh, does anybody else have any questions? I did like the throwback to the intro song that mm. played at the very end when Leon was walking back up the driveway. Yeah. It was basically the same song and I liked how it full circled yeah. around. I do like now that the show's over with and I can talk about it, you know the little intro scenes that mm. usually everybody skips. So in all the intro scenes 
they look like relatively the same, but there's small details in them that are different in each of the episodes. I think I did notice that, but I didn't pay much attention to what what was different. But I think I did notice that there was differences to it each time. Yeah, I did notice that each time there's either a different picture or a different like the red line that was drawn across the map was different in a different location. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that because like it's a, just a subtle little differences that you could miss or, you know, majority of the time people skip the intro sequence. I just liked it. I just thought it was cool. What I will say is what I did notice about it was either the episode hinted, like the intro scene where things changed, either changed to things that would happen in this episode or things that happened in the episode previous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. That's just something I thought, uh, something I found interesting. Yeah, it was really cool. Well, with that being said, I guess the last thing for us to talk about is some Easter eggs for the series. And I have, I have a bit, I have a few. So uh, right at our number one spot here, we have Claire and Leon's iconic outfits. So throughout the series, you see Leon sporting his suit most of the time. But there are a few points where he gets to don his iconic leather jacket look. Claire, however, is the one who sports her iconic look the best and the most. Because throughout this series, you'll see her having her hair worn in a similar fashion to what she originally wore in in Resident Evil 2. And she will also don her iconic red jacket most of the show. So there's our first Easter egg. Our second Easter egg is the Raccoon City outbreak itself. It is discussed at multiple points in this series. And in somewhat, you know, brief detail, but it's always mentioned and it is referred to as why both in Leon and why both Leon and Claire are considered like the experts in this field, but they're also considered experts in two different directions. So I thought that was a cool callback. Like a lot of people recognize Leon as the Raccoon City survivor. That's a pretty cool one. So the next one is Rookie Cop Leon. At one point in the series, he mentions that he was a rookie cop late on his first day. Uh, This is a hilarious callback because this callback is made multiple times in the series. The Resident Evil franchise in general. Uh, And it is one of the most iconic callbacks because it is one of the funniest. (laughs) Well, if he would have been on time, he probably would have been a dead cop. He would have been a dead cop. (laughs) So the next Easter egg is the T-Virus itself. Though we don't spend a lot of time talking about the T-Virus, Patrick does say to Leon at one point in the series that he believes that what they're dealing with is in fact the T-Virus. And this is a definite, like an definitive callback to the entire series as a whole because everything pretty much stems from the T-Virus. So the ultimate callback though is the fact that, and we're going to get into this with one of the other Easter eggs we're going to talk about today, 
is the fact that basically the new T-virus is a tricell variant. So that's interesting moving forward with the entire Resident Evil franchise. The tricell has the T-virus and it's a variant of the original. That would explain Jason. Shush, I'm getting to it. <laughs> so next callback Easter egg we have here is Leon saving the president's daughter. Yeah. Woo. So basically this whole show is a callback to that one moment because the president essentially elected Leon to do these things because he was the Raccoon City survivor and he saved his daughter. And it also makes him the most trustable person for the president throughout the series. So I thought that was another cool nod. Like the president's like, you got my respect, Leon, because you saved my daughter in a video game. <laughs> so our next Easter egg is none other than the Resident Evil zombie rats. So we did that episode. We were talking about like, why rats? Like what the heck happened? Right. What's this all about? This is actually supposed to be a callback to the Raccoon City virus originally spreading. Because if you remember, it was originally primarily spread through sewer rats. Yes. Gross. So this is actually supposed to be a callback to Leon's past. Which I thought was really cool. When I actually got to piece it together. I mean, yeah, but rats. But rats. Rats. <laughs> so the next Easter egg that Daniel is so excited to talk about is Jason and why he can talk. So Jason in the show we talked about, he chooses to not take his inhibitors and transform into a giant, ugly tyrant. And nobody, I wouldn't say nobody. A lot of people weren't happy with the fact that he could talk because we didn't understand why he could talk. Well, this calls us back to one of the original tyrants that could talk and the only one that could talk, Albert Wesker in Resident Evil 5. It is thought that the Tricell T-Virus variant actually is a variant from none other than Wesker's virus, which is why Jason can talk. Because this was collected before the Ouroboros virus. We're never for sure exactly what Wesker has. No. With Well, in his uh, syringes that he has to take. Exactly. Yeah. So it's supposed to be a callback to that moment and that whole thing. That's what Jason is, is a callback to, hey, by the way, tyrants are now talking. Because we evolved to a superior level of intelligent tyrants. But I'll give it to Wesker, not Jason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would also explain the one and only transformation as well. Because uh, the other tyrants, you know, it goes, so you have this tyrant, mm -hmm. and then it, you know, transforms into the big giant, you know, tyrant. Yep. But Jason, he just transformed into that, and there was no other forms of him. Yeah. That was it. And the, I love that callback, too, because Jason's supposed to be in that form, supposed to be, like, the ultimate tyrant. There's no reason to change. 
I am immune to all the things that I need to be immune to. But still have an exposed heart. <laughs> yeah. But the original tyrants changed based on the elements in which we used to destroy them the first time. They evolved to not be affected by those things anymore. So it was a rapid evolution process. Which, again, cool callback. So that means June C would have eventually turned into one? And any of the soldiers that got affected? That's what it looks like. Especially when you look at how he was transforming. June C yeah. was crystallizing. Almost. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, that would have been a cool tyrant. No. Think about it. Be giant crystal. Well, he would probably... <laughs> I think uh, Jason would have looked the same way had he been like... Because June C was basically not brain dead, but like he mm. couldn't do a lot. True. So I think if Jason was stuck that way and they were... Because they were inhibiting his... By doing all the blood transfusion. So I think if Jason would have had some type of version that was slowing down the process in him, it would have been a slower process. Yeah. So the last Easter egg I have here... Sorry. The second to last Easter egg I have here is none other than the rocket launcher. So we got to see our rocket launcher drop in uh, like we always do in the final boss fights of any Resident Evil. Um, however, we really didn't use it in this one. <laughs> it was just there. No, he fired it. Well, he fired it, but he didn't actually shoot. He missed. Yeah, he missed. But it was a cool nod to be like, oh, there's a rocket launcher. You always have to expect the rocket launcher at the end. <laughs> so our final Easter egg, which really probably doesn't feel like an Easter egg much to everybody, but it is, is Tricell itself. Tricell has been appearing in more and more recent CGI's, you know, movies and now the show. Um, it is. It's assumed that Tricell will become the new umbrella. And it's also been demonstrated to us in multiple times in the games that there are some old umbrella scientists that are working for Tricell. So it's a nice little Easter egg to throw in there saying that, oh, because we never actually have Tricell interact with anybody in this in this show. It's just there. Well, potentially at the end with Wilson. Yeah. But we don't know because we don't know who that person is that mm -hmm. had the inhibitor. So that is our Easter eggs for the Infinite Darkness series. So I didn't get a chance to say, but when we were back talking about the crystallized zombie, mm -hmm. I was thinking like terrestrialized tyrants. Terrestrialized tyrants. <laughs> Too much Pokemon Scarlet and Violet for us. Because I thought the same thing. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Anybody else got anything they want to say? Uh, yeah. Ratings. Oh, yes. Yeah, the you, ratings. So, listeners, it's been Aaron a forever. wouldn't let me rate every single episode <laughs> because he's a jerk. <laughs> So you're not going to take away the rating for the whole series. <laughs> All right, let's hear this rating. How many Leons? I'm going to give this a four out of five Leons. Ooh, interesting. I did enjoy the storyline. Thought it was a pretty good storyline for what it was. Mm. Uh, what I didn't like about it was I felt like it was rushed. It was kind of short with four episodes. Yeah. Um, and not very long. 
amount of time for each episode. So it's not like they were hour long episodes. Um, so I felt like the story was rushed just a little bit. They could have explained some more things, gone deeper into some things. However, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy the storyline. did enjoy the little twists that they put in it. I enjoyed the characters. Except for Jason's tyrant form. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Yeah. So I give it a 4 out of 5 Leons. I did thoroughly enjoy it. It's definitely worth a watch. Daniel. What do you got? Yeah, it's my turn. Awkward silence. No. <laughs> I give it four out of five Rebecca's. Ooh. I probably would have gained another one if Rebecca was in it. Oh, there it is. I got to bring it back. But uh, no, I kind of agree. The story was, was good for the most part. It was slow starting. And then it. I think the last two episodes really like picked it up. Uh, did also agree that I didn't care for... I didn't like Jason at all anyways. But his tyrant talking I just we know I don't like that <laughs> I like the tyrants from Damnation that's the tyrants I like the best oh god tank to the face buddy yeah but I overall liked it it could have been longer it would have been nice if this series would have been like mini a mini series multiple seasons could have covered different characters so I don't believe we're going to get any more infinite darkness but they could have named it infinite darkness and continued with Oh, hey, this is now Chris and so-and-so, or, you know, because we've got so many characters that they could have covered like this. Yeah, It's true. just a miniseries to, to fill in gaps. That's what I got. Well, I'll have to give it a four out of five uh, hunks as well. Same reasons. Felt a little rushed. Great series. Definitely worth a watch, but felt rushed felt like we could have gotten more out of it and it definitely felt like the episodes could have gone longer than the what 20 some odd minutes they went essentially it just I felt like I didn't get enough at the end of each episode I didn't get enough you know content I didn't get enough background same thing as you guys so yeah I agree But yeah, it's still definitely worth a watch. If you haven't watched Infinite Darkness yet, it's definitely worth a watch. Oh, yeah. Another thing, I wish they would have had a little bit more B.O.W.'s. Yeah, it felt B.O.W.'d. Felt, yeah. Yeah, you had like, you had Zombie, you had Rats, and you had Jason. Yeah. Where's my dog? <laughs> that wasn't Vendetta. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, with all that being said, we really are at the end of this episode. And we are at the end of the Infinite Darkness series. Ooh, so what's next for us? Uh, we have, well, we have our <laughs> wonderful little 13-minute video. Of our, our 40 Resident Evil experience video? Yes. Yes. We have that. But, however, after that, we will start getting into the Paul Anderson movies. Mm. So, expect that next. So, yeah. I'm excited about this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I actually, I did enjoy the Paul Anderson movies. I understand why people don't like it. And I'm not a huge fan of Alice. But I still enjoyed the movies. So. Yeah. Well, with all that being said... I want to thank you all for listening and tune in next week.
Bye. Bye there. Hey there, it's Aaron. Thank you for listening again. Uh, But while we're on the thank yous, it's the holiday season. So what better way to celebrate the holidays than in the spirit of giving? And right now, here with us, the Fumbling Four team, we are running a kind of a charity event. Uh, Right now, from the 1st of December to the 15th of December, you can go to fumblingforcharity at gmail.com on PayPal and donate for Toys for Tots. All the money raised is going to go directly for Toys for Tots. And if you feel like, hey, I want to give more or hey, I, I can't afford it, just spread the word. We want to get it out there as much as possible. And we really, really, really want to be able to donate a huge amount for Toys for Tots. We want to make sure we get some kids with some toys this holiday season. So again, if you want to donate, you can head over to PayPal and go to fumblingforcharity at gmail.com. Our number one top donator is going to get a very special gift package from us with some of our lovely sponsors materials inside and some lovely merch from us to you inside. All right. See you all later. And thank you again. Happy holidays. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger.